Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. It is video training for commercial agents. Check it out at commercialagentsuccess.com. Today we're talking with Casey Conway. He's the Chief Economist with CCIM Institute. And we're talking about now is the time to do blank. You know, fill in the blank. And, uh, you know, before the break we touched on uh, retail. And so is now the time to sell your retail, buy your retail? What's the time to do? Yes, I'd say the first thing is um, do a highest and best use analysis because really what we're finding in retail, everybody thought, well, it's all going online, point of sale is changing. The, the success in retail today is considering point of procurement. So any of us can go online and order anything we want, but how do we get it to us? So we're seeing lots of different models. One of the most interesting ones to me is what Kroger's doing with Walgreens. They're partnering up and saying, well, maybe we don't have the cost and, and infrastructure to do the Amazon E-Prime minivans, Mercedes vans running all, all over the place. Isn't that amazing? Amazon and its profitability is driving Mercedes vans around. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, 25 years ago, we took pharmacy out of drugstores and we put it in grocery stores. 25 years later, we're taking grocery out of grocery stores and we're putting it in drugstores because half of what a drugstore sells, their floor space, it's all online, cosmetics, pharmacy. But the grocery stores are saying people want the online, they want close to them. So Kroger is doing an, what they call Kroger Express program where your online grocery order will be fulfilled at your neighborhood drugstore. So they'll package maybe the non-perishables at a closed Toys R Us store, <laughs> ship it to your local uh, drugstore, and your people still want to pick their melons and bananas and their perishables and, and milk. Look at the amount of refrigeration that's being added in drugstores. So do a highest and best use. Look at car dealerships, right? Carvana and everything else. We're going to probably open up the opportunity of all of these big acreage car dealerships for redevelopment, for housing and multifamily. And the car dealerships are going in things like branch banks. Mm -hmm. So they got the drive-through for the detailed car to stay clean. They got a couple of offices to meet with all the state dealership requirements and deliver the car and do the financing. Mm -hmm. So I'd say if you haven't done your highest and best use analysis, you don't understand it. And the thing to focus on is how does your piece of real estate fit in the point of procurement model versus the point of sale. It's all about procurement. Where are we going to get this stuff from? Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, you were mentioning too that the velocity of retail sales uh, around the country has, has been huge. Yeah, so we're not spending less. So I, I encourage people, a lot of my fellow economists never read earnings reports. Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to read earnings reports. Look at Walmart's quarter four ones. You know, it was record number in terms of their performance. Online sales up 40%. They're converting 800 stores a year to online, to handle online, where at their peak, they only open about 200 stores a year. So they're converting four times that to online. Um, and so you look at Target, you go down any of the retailers and the sales, we're spending more, we're just getting it differently. And um, so I think, you know, we, we've talked once or twice before about, you know, whoever comes up with a successful term, it's the equivalent of a turduncan to describe industrial and retail. Mm -hmm. In five years from now, we won't talk industrial and retail differently. We'll talk about them like a turduncan at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about office. Yeah, you mentioned earlier in the previous segment that the job market is, is really strong. Uh, if you're an office developer or investor, now is the time to blank. Yeah. Uh, don't go low with WeWork. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't cut them a deal. They need all, all that they can. 
Uh, we were just opened in Maryland, their first uh, WeWork office facility uh, on the campus or near the campus of the University of Maryland. So they're even recognizing that workforce, how do I get close to it, go to the universities. Don't sell yourself short. Look at, again, do that highest and best use. And now so what you'll find is middle size and large companies can't find the space that they need. And the other thing is I think that office landlords and owners have been too desperate to give a deal to WeWork, and there's lots of models. CBRE is a different one where they're trying to teach, you know, large companies how to kind of do it themselves, cut the middleman out. And uh, so, you know, in the types of jobs we're creating today are a higher skill set. They're engineering, they're architecture, they're IT, and they need to meet, they need to have client spaces. So the types of jobs we're creating today are more, uh, you know, inclined, uh, you know, or, or creative to uh, office space employment. So yeah. I don't think we're going short. And, and we did a show recently on, um on the office market, and we talked about WeWork and this uh, co-working environment, and we talked to a landlord who's done some of some of these themselves. So there's some uh, tips there, and some tips for for landlords leasing to uh, co-working companies. So uh, do check that out. And then the last segment we talked about opportunity zones, and we did a, a full show on opportunity zones. So we'll put links to those shows uh, below. So so Casey, now's the time to blank. So as far as the cycle goes. Um, what do you what do you think with respect to opportunity zones or well, just no, the cycle just in general yeah. you know because it's been a nice long run some people are nervous yeah <laughs> so what I would say is calm down that we are not and I forecast this back even when we were in the government shutdown in mm -hmm. December we're not going into a recession mm -hmm. in uh, in 2019 get rid of the R word um, it's the V you know we are gonna have volatility you know do we get a trade deal not get a trade deal it gets closer it doesn't get closer the Mueller report then we don't have it then you know we're gonna have the national we're already with how many 2,000 candidates running for president already so the question is who's not running for president <laughs> what I would say is look at the fundamentals stay grounded first look at quarterly earnings reports the earnings reports were phenomenal uh, the tariffs took a little bit of bite they took some margin out but they weren't enough to really hurt anybody in the say we're pulling back on jobs. Uh, look at those forward-looking indicators, jobless claims, right? The jobless claims are saying it's a record low since 1969. Uh, look at the fundamentals of occupancy and absorption. Occupancy is, is levels that support and are creative to new, new development, new construction. Rents are growing. Uh, the types of workers that we're, we're creating are accretive to go into industrial warehouse space or to go into office. Retail, there's no apocalypse. We're just changing the use. And we've done this after World War II. We took a factory, a wartime factory economy, and we converted it to a different type of economy, making appliances and building homes so we go to the suburbs. That was very disruptive. It was as disruptive as what we've gone through now. Mm -hmm. So when I look back at history and I look at these numbers today, I, I would say you may not see another time or opportunity like this uh, in, in your career. At least I won't. I'm 56, so I, I'm, I'm dead and buried by then. So, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my dad, when I bought my first house, my mortgage had dropped my first time home was about 10.5%, and he had lived through prime going to 21%. He said, grab it. You're never going to see interest rates below 10% again. So I, <laughs> never. I, I'm going to take a cue from my dad. You're never going to see interest rates below 2.5% again. <laughs> <laughs> and you might be right on that one, though. So you mentioned the uh, suburban market. So uh, if you're looking to potentially uh, sell or buy or invest in a suburban market, is now the time to do it in, in certain sectors? Absolutely agree. I think office is one. When you look at replacement costs mm -hmm. on these buildings, you're able to still buy suburban stuff at well below half percent, uh, half fifty percent off of, of replacement costs. And when you look at the employment, the, while the millennials, you know, tend to want to be near the urban areas and they don't want commutes and they don't want to know what a, a level or half the things in a Home Depot are used for, because <laughs> mom and dad they just call them and they come do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Look at what we're doing in the suburbs. We're creating these kind of live, work, play, miniature 
type of communities um, and, and whatnot. So I think now is an opportunity. It's like retail when everybody's down on it and they have no imagination and they can't do highest and best use, they can't um, do replacement costs, they're missing an opportunity. I mean, yeah. look at Gwinnett Place Mall yeah. as a perfect example. Yeah, and I think I agree. And then for retail, it might be the opportunity to look at some of these properties that some of them are distressed. Uh, and maybe you can do a change in use, whether you're doing hotel or you're doing office or you're doing uh, any type of mixed use. And also, uh, we're seeing in retail uh, people just leasing normal office space in a retail center. Yeah, and it's, you know, as we get, let me look at, like, you know, the SunTrust BB&T merger, right? As they close 750 or so branches and, you know, move to North Carolina, there's going to be a lot of office opportunity. Well, you have WeWork and Coca-Cola tripping over their feet in downtown Atlanta to get a hold of that, that office space. So um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity. You've got to do your homework. I really encourage people, you know, this is a time where you really align with others. a CCIM or a really experienced um, commercial broker in your market. They know the market, they know the deals, they know the valuations, they know um, which lenders get it and which ones don't, mm -hmm. and how to help you get that financing done. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about a couple uh, really hot markets. Uh, let's take industrial for first. Time now is the time to do blank with industrial. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time to invest in tent warehouses. <laughs> so you know, you look at the the cost. It's really, uh, you know, I wrote a, a recent paper called Logistics Infrastructure where we looked at what is the where and why behind all industrial and where these where it's going. And so we look at, you know, here in Atlanta, Norfolk Southern is moving their headquarters here from Virginia. It's all about logistics. We have the intermodal, the air cargo, the port of um, Savannah. A great connectivity there. You look at where a lot of these companies are locating fulfillment warehouses and whatnot, they're aligning with the logistics infrastructure. So if you're in a city or a state that doesn't have intermodal, that doesn't have rail, that doesn't have air cargo, that doesn't have those pieces, you're probably going to miss the opportunity. And so uh, this paper, you can go to our Acre website, uh, acre.com, and uh, go to the research tab, and, and you can find this paper. We had fun. We made our own transformer out of So uh, the dean told me, he says, Casey, I can always tell your research. It starts with some sort of a picture. Mm -hmm. And I explained to her that I hated graduating from kindergarten going to first grade because <laughs> I got rid of all the picture books. So <laughs> all my research to so all the realtors and brokers, I have lots of pictures and graphics. But that, That's a cool picture. And we'll put a link uh, at commercialrealestateshow.com as well uh, to that article. It's a good one. Um, so um, industrial then think about developing or investing uh, in markets that uh, that have those benefits. Yeah, let me give you one other on the industrial side. Mm -hmm. You probably know uh, Sim Dowdy with mm -hmm. King Industrial here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. There's one in every major market, but Sim focuses on, you know, really the market and serving every single building, not a sampling. And, and Sim deals with a lot of the older stuff, the low clear ceiling height. And what he tells me is, you know, you look at 70% of all the industrial transactions that you look at, leases and sales of industrial in big markets, Dallas, Atlanta, Charlotte, you know, on, on up the line, are all, you know, smaller, low clear ceiling height, over 20-year-old buildings. Mm -hmm. And he says the reason is we're not building any new multi-tenant opportunities for yeah, to people that need 10, 20,000 yeah, square feet. Yeah, it's a big single tenant, yeah. And you, you can't get the land. Yeah. The costs are over 100 bucks a square foot. So when you can still buy these things, you know, 25 to 50 bucks a square foot, um, they're, they're on fire. So I wouldn't overlook your old warehouse, car dealerships are looking at them to store the car inventory. Mm -hmm. There's lots of opportunities, so don't overlook that older, low clear ceiling height stuff. Good location, you can't replicate it, lots of alternative uses. That's a very good tip. Well, let's look at multifamily. It's been hot as a firecracker. It's been, been incredible. So uh, with multifamily, now's the time to do blank. 
make your make your units narrower. So uh, I think the the ceiling folks here in Atlanta are doing a project over on the west side, the old Atlanta Works deal, and they were they were showing me a, a new townhome that they have that they can't they can't finish enough of them, and they're repurposing older older buildings over there. It's an 11 foot wide townhome, mm. and um, I, you know I can imagine that works really well in Colorado because if you're on cannabis, 11 feet looks and feels like 22 <laughs> feet. <laughs> but but here in the south, we you tend just know to, because you do the research. Yeah, I do all the research on it. So. <laughs> but you know here in the south where we eat a little more fried food, we probably need at least 22 feet. But what we're going to see is incredible innovation on the multifamily mm. side. You know we've heard about micro units, but we're we're going to see all, all kinds of innovation. We need things like to revisit manufactured housing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an alternative thing, and it's not all ugly or bad. You know, we, we here in Atlanta have two tiny house subdivisions that have mm -hmm. been zoned. Um, it's it, you know, it's one, it's the cost, and two, it's getting the land inventory. Right. And people don't want the density. Another zoning ordinance we've seen passed here in, in Atlanta and around the country uh, are for carriage houses or accessory buildings, call them accessory buildings. Mm -hmm. So the old days when we, you know, build in the country club areas, they'd have an extra carriage house for the, you know, live-in work help. Well, they're now looking at in these developments to put a carriage house that could be for the more affordable housing and a second unit and side entry to get higher density that doesn't look like multifamily. So my, my saying would be, uh, really look at our biggest need is really under 300,000. So the home builders are doing, they're making great margins. They're, they're so happy they're buying lots of Geico insurance, <laughs> um, building the move up in the luxury in the second home market. Anything above three, 350, especially the four to 600,000 range. But our workforce are millennials that what they need today, the new factories that are coming, you know, whether it's Toyota or Mercedes or Volvo in South Carolina, they all, they got a 16 to 18 hour worker and they can't afford that. So how are we gonna solve that problem? So we're only building a million one to a million two houses uh, a year and 350 of those are multifamily. So where, where do we get that extra gap? And we're gonna have to be very innovative. So I'd look at manufactured housing, I'd look at higher density, I'd be, be working now with your local leaders are all under pressure to solve affordable workforce housing and what they call it is the missing middle where do we house our middle class that can't afford a five hundred thousand dollar home yeah that's a good point and we had a guest on uh, recently that is doing a lot of co-living yeah. where they're renting out these apartments uh, like you would think about student housing by the bedroom and it was interesting what he said he said look michael because of affordability reasons we've got tenants that are leasing two and three bedroom apartments and they're trying to find a roommate that then they don't know how to do it or how to check them out. We know how to check them out. We're renting them a room and it's working great. They share they share a kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and they're getting a lot more rent and solving affordability for the tenants. Yeah, we're seeing in, in things like student housing, multifamily, mm -hmm. where they're we're getting approvals to do them without parking. Mm -hmm. And they realize you don't need parking with a student housing deal. We're seeing that most of them don't need a full kitchen. So they're doing almost, you know, a, a, an embassy suites or your suites hotel type chain miniature kitchen with a a coffee bar and a, a microwave and not a full kitchen and they're saving that space and putting in an extra bathroom or a bedroom or they're using the the furniture where with the hideaway beds instead of going into the wall they go up into the ceiling uh, they have floating walls so we're going to see a lot of innovation the thing to pay attention to is the cost and as you migrate and try to do everything three and four dollar square foot numbers again just like single family housing that's not where the depth of the market is it's still back in that two dollar square foot range yeah all right, Casey, excellent information as usual. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you being on. Pollen's up, rates are down, go do a deal. Go have fun. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thank you. And what do you think? Uh, is the time to do blank? Uh, fill in the blank, share it with us, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Bomi International. For facilities and property management education, visit bomi.org. Buyproxy.com. Your global commercial real estate listing service. Visit buyproxy.com. Red IQ. Turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.